Welcome to the Anderson Business Advisors Podcast, the nationally recognized preferred provider for asset protection and tax planning in the nation. This show is for investors and business owners looking to save on taxes and build long-term wealth with Toby Mathis, an attorney, author, business owner, and a featured instructor at Anderson's Tax and Asset Protection event held throughout the country. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, this is Toby Mathis. And in this podcast, you're going to meet Gio Talbert, who is the Vice President of Wealth Management at UBS and a phenomenally successful and bright financial professional. And she's going to be talking about security back lines of credit and how to access assets without having to sell such assets. Also joining us is going to be Dan Ullman, who is an executive manager here at Anderson and oversees the Anderson funding community where we help people get money for new businesses, as well as money for flippers and money from non-traditional sources, from everything from collectibles to securities, to revenue streams, to even factoring of assets. Between the two of them, they're going to show you some pretty mind-blowing ways to access capital in ways that you probably have never heard of, without reporting it to your personal financial to your personal credit it's not going to go on your fico score and harm you in any way and the money is absolutely 100% tax free so enjoy really lucky today to be talking to two experts in the realm of opm which is called other people's money and how you get access to it uh, first off uh, Jill Tabert welcome thank you and Dan Good to be here oh yeah it's going to be great now Jill you're over there in what uh, Honolulu in Honolulu. Yep. Downtown right now. Yeah. We're giving you the stink eye because <laughs> it's beautiful over there, right? Is it raining or is it beautiful? It is beautiful and warm. Mm. <laughs> and Dan, Dan, you're here with me in Las Vegas, right? That's correct. It's still beautiful and warm here in Las Vegas. That's a beautiful day. It is a beautiful day. We, we get a little bit of wind, so you won't be able to see because the dust will be everywhere, but it'll be warm and sunny up above us. Just have a dust cloud over you. You're like, what's what's the guy from uh, from Peanuts, Linus or whatever? Oh, no. Pig Pen. Pig Pen. <laughs> pig Pen. All right, all right. Pig Pen. So Vegas is Pig Pen. All right. So let's let's dive right on in. And I'm just going to set the table real quick. If you are somebody who has assets and somebody is telling you to sell said assets to pay any bill, whether it be taxes, pay off somebody to buy something, don't do it. Right now, we have rampant inflation. When I say rampant, they're saying not since 1982. We're at close to 8% as we sit here today. That is so understated. I don't want to bug Jill and, and, and Dan on this, but if we use the same methodology for calculating interest as we did in 1982 and we applied it today, it would be over 15%. What that means is that your cash is melting. So if you turn something into cash, that's not a good thing. We don't want to turn things into cash. We want to borrow against things. And there's the last year, if you remember Elon Musk, he sold off some shares of, of Tesla after doing a, a uh, what was it? A, he asked Twitter, should he sell some? And he sold some. Otherwise, they were mad at him. I think it was Senator Warren was giving him a hard time because he didn't pay taxes. And he, he's like, I'll sell off a big chunk. Most wealthy folks are not in the habit of selling off their assets, especially if they're producing assets. They borrow against them. And we have a phrase, you know, you buy, borrow, and then die. And you step up in basis and you can sell that thing tax-free, your heirs can, 
and nobody ever pays tax. Jill, I'm going to put you on the spot and say, is that fairly accurate? Because you probably deal with a lot of really wealthy people over there in Honolulu where a house is probably $10 million to get started. I'm just teasing. It's probably about $60,000. Absolutely. You know, why sell when you don't have to? We're always borrowing. We just, I had a client just buy the um, property under his his restaurant, $2.6 million, you know, and it was a phone call. And $2.6 million, and uh, we wired it out the next week. Now, people, are, you just made a bunch of heads explode. Jill works for, is it, is it okay to say who your employer is? Yeah. Go ahead and say. Oh. <laughs> so I work for UPS Financial. We allow our clients to borrow against their securities. So just like you would borrow against your home, a portfolio of securities made up of stocks, mutual funds, bonds, CDs, and even cash. We can, as long as we have it set up, it takes about a week to set that up. It's a phone call and we wire the money out. Interest rates right now, we have a special one year, 1.99% on a fixed rate, three-year fixed rate at 2.79, and a five-year fixed rate at 2.99. And this client ended up doing you know, some at, at three years, some at one year. He had cash that was sitting there, and so we, we sent that over. But um, it was a phone call, and it was wired out within a week. So we have to break this down, because everybody else out there is under this assumption that I have to go get a mortgage. I got to apply. It's going to take 30, 40 days. I'm going to, they're going to run my credit. They're going to make me supply every tax document that I've ever filed. Plus some that I haven't, you know what I mean? Like they're going to go in. It's very intrusive process. And I have to turn over all my life. I got to sign a a tax transcript notice so they can pull and they can verify that what I'm saying, telling them is true and all this stuff. And you're talking about in many cases, 45 to 60 days on a commercial loan. Like if you were buying a restaurant, mm-hmm. I would say that it's probably about that. You're well, telling me that they got the money in a week? Yes, they got the money in in a week. Uh, we already had their assets in their account at UBS. So we already know that they're approved for a certain amount. And different investments have a different line maximum. So for instance, stocks is up to 75%. Mutual funds, depending on like a bond mutual fund, will loan up to 90%. Muni bonds up to 95%. Corporate bonds up to 95%. Uh, U.S. Treasuries, 90%. Yep. Hold on for a second. Because okay. I feel like even this is new even for me. So I, I, I've, I've loved security back lines of credit for a long, long time. I actually have been advocating them for, for more than a decade. You know, a lot of people yeah. don't know what they are. Probably longer, probably 20 years now. But I'll pretend like it's a decade. You can borrow up to 95% of some portfolios? Yes, yes. So So if I'm an investor and I'm buying mutual funds and I'm buying some tax-free munis, I have an investor who's telling me to do some ETFs or some uh, things like that, and then I get some stocks and I want to have my Starbucks, my Costco, my 3M, my my HP, whatever it is, and I have this portfolio, you're telling me I can borrow like 75% of that? Yes, you can. So what happens is, and it depends on the quality of the equity, right, of the stock. So the more thinly traded might be a 50% loan, but your Costco's, your Walmart's, they're, they're going to be up to 75%. And so we, we've come up with the, the line based on the mix of, of assets that you have in your portfolio. And once you're approved for the line, and we do pull credit, but once you're approved for that line, uh, it's a phone call after that. 
So you have a line of credit. So let's say I had a million dollar account and I had just regular securities and I would have up to 750,000. If these are blue chip, good companies, I'm going to have up to $750,000 that I could pull at any time. Yes. Yes. And the only thing, the only limitation on what you spend it on, right, is you cannot use it to buy more securities. You can use it to buy real estate. You can use it to buy to pay for gifts. Taxes is what we're seeing a lot right now, sadly. But as long as you're not using it to buy more securities in our portfolio, you're good. You can use it for your business, you know, student uh, tuition. Yeah. So instead of selling, and let's just be real, let's say somebody in Hawaii sold a security they've been holding on to for five years, they would have long-term capital gains rates which would be 20% plus 3.8% for the net investment income tax. If it exceeds a certain threshold, then your state tax, your state tax is what about five or six, seven seven and a quarter for capital gains. Yeah. So so you're talking about a 30% haircut. Yes. If they sold the security as opposed to just borrowing against the security. Exactly. Now let's talk about what could go wrong. Cause I want to be fair. Cause some people out there probably, never heard of this before. And they're saying, why didn't my broker tell me and all that fun stuff? But what could go wrong? The market drops like it is right now, right? And you have a margin call. So let's say you had a million dollars, your credit limit was 750, which was 75%. And then the market drops 25%. And now you're at 750. You know, your, your, your line is 75% of the asset value. So you're either going to have to come up with more cash or we're going to have to sell to cash to bring it, bring down the, the, um, 75%. And that could be pretty painful for somebody, right? If they had to, you're selling at the bottom. So if the market all of a sudden dropped 75% and you were borrowing 70, but it's only if you used it, correct? So, so if I had a $750,000 line of credit and I used Mm -hmm. half a million, yeah. then I would probably be pretty safe under those circumstances. Be safe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I've used a rule of thumb of borrow half, like half, half of yeah. an asset. I usually don't go above. And I, and I do yeah. that because I live in Vegas and I watched our home values drop 75% in 2008. And so I'm always yeah. like, yeah, you're never really safe. Like everybody says, Oh, I got a lot of equity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's At just the make moment. Sure. Yeah. Okay, what what else could go wrong? I'm assuming that if you have a year and you did you is it really so it's less than two percent for a year to borrow? Right. Okay, you have to pay that back within a year. Are you having to pay big payments every month, or or what? What's kind of the rule there? So you need to pay the interest. It's an interest only loan on the fixed rates, mm-hmm. and it's a balloon payment at the end. So what people normally do, we always have a variable rate and a fixed rate. So the variable rate will depend on your line. For instance, if you're at 100,000, the variable rate is going to be about 5.16. If you're at 2 million, 2.5 million, the variable rate is 2.66, right? So it just depends. And what we do is we try to get the line of credit for the maximum amount based on your portfolio right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to use all 2.6 million or 2.5. You can, you can just lose, use $25,000, but you'll be at the lowest rate if you wanted the variable rate. 
if you wanted the fixed rate, which is 1.99 for a year, then you use that. At the end of the year, it's a balloon payment. And if you don't have the, the full amount to pay off, it moves to the variable side. Oh, whoa. The, so, so if I can't pay it off, so I've been paying. Okay. So, so the principal that I borrowed, so let's say I had a line of credit for, I have a, a line of credit for 750, but I, I only use half a million of it. I have to pay that half a million back at the end of the year at the 199, but I'm paying the interest as I go. So in that case, it would be, what would that be about a a $10,000 of of interest for that entire period of time? Yeah. Yeah. Do I pay, but I pay the interest as I go, right? I'd be paying the interest as you go monthly. Yeah. So 800 bucks a week or whatever, or a month. month. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the year, I need to come up with the rest of the money. And if I can't, then it goes to variable. Yep. And how long can I do that for? Like, is there a set period where you have to pay it back or do you just? No, the variable is ongoing. It doesn't necessarily have a minimum payment because if you don't pay the interest that month, it just gets added to the balance. Yeah. And the amount that you pay can be any amount, right? So you can pay the interest and principal. Uh, you could pay nothing. And it's, it's very, wow. it, you know, it's very flexible. It the the rate does vary daily. I mean, it doesn't usually, but it can, wow. right? So, in an interest rate environment where the market the interest rates are going up quickly, you know, you might start out with four percent, and at the end of the year, it might be four and a half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's that's a, that's a nice way, and that's why people will stagger it. They'll they'll pick up you know the three year fixed, one year fixed. And in a variable portion, and that way, you know, they can plan to pay down that that variable portion as soon as possible. And then, when the one year comes up, it rolls into the variable. Does it retroactively adjust, kind of like what they do with consumer credit cards, where they're like, "You can have zero percent," and then it reverts to eighteen percent if you haven't paid it all off? Is it like that, where if it Um, moves to the the new rate, or are you at one point nine nine for that first year period? Yes. The fixed rate is 1.99 fixed yes. for the years from the time you start it. And uh, the three-year, 2.79, five-year, 2.99. Mm-hmm. If it's more than 5 million, then you know you have lower, lower interest rates, but it's, it's fixed. It's not, they're not going to change it based on not paying. But you do need to pay that interest rate. You do have to pay the interest, otherwise something bad happens to you, right? Well, what happens is they'll... they'll Borrow it out of the variable bucket. So mm. every every fixed rate comes with a variable bu- variable bucket, and if you miss the payment, they're just gonna okay. t- tag it into the variable and and make that payment for you. That sounds so customer friendly, Jill. I just yeah. straight up with you that that sound is are, is there a lot of cost to get this line of credit? Like, are you gonna pay two points up front? Is no. there something where does it co- what does it cost to actually get this line of credit? Nothing. Oh my God. Yeah. See, I've been talking about this for years, kind of like I've had clients do this. And I know like at Merrill and some of the others, they would charge. And really? some people, yeah. And some other people would say, like, oh my God, they they told me the interest rate was this, but it was really much higher. And you'd hear some of those. And even on my TikTok and YouTube, I'd get some people commenting, hey, I mine's at five percent, six percent, you know, and they told me it would be three, you know, stuff like that. So it sounds like some some other companies might be playing a little less consumer. Well, the, the variable rate will vary. Yeah. You know, so there's a, a possibility where you start out with three and at the end of the year, it's, you know, four 
on maybe, a variable rate on that maybe bucket. They maybe they don't qualify for the the other ones. Maybe there's other conditions, but in this particular case, how would I? What does somebody have to have in their account to qualify for a fixed rate? You know, two percent ish. Well, the minimum draw is twenty five thousand. Okay. So I, I guess I guess you'd have to have fifty thousand. We don't normally have accounts um, at that amount, but you're not you're not going to have somebody with ten thousand dollars come in there and say I want seventy five hundred bucks, right? Yeah. This is going to be a larger. Just to be yeah. straight up, people and very real. It's like you need to be a uh, you need to have a seasoned account to get access to these. And then it doesn't report to your personal credit, right? This is something that is completely off the grid as far as. Yep. Private money. What's the longest you've seen somebody use money like this? Have you, do you have clients that have been doing it for a decade longer? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I always get this. People go like, well, you have to pay the loan back or they write things like, I'm like, you don't understand the assets continuing to grow. Yes. Right. So you're and paying 2% interest, but that 100,000, let's just say you borrowed 100,000 and you're paying 2%. Uh-huh. S&P has been averaging, what, 13% a year for the last 10 years, 7% since its history. Exactly. You're, exactly. You're making and, and, and your dividends often are used to pay it anyway. Oh my God. I didn't even think right? about it. So, so, wait, so wait, 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 wait. you're getting the dividend. In the account and we use that to make the payment. That is so cool. Yeah. That now is, the, the, the thing that's important to know is that you it doesn't work for IRA accounts or, or um, QRPs mm-hmm. or if you have annuities or if you have REITs, we don't borrow against those. Can you do so, it on an LLC that's just you and your spouse? Yeah. If it's as long as it's it's just in your trust, it's in your name, it's mm-hmm. just stock, it's mutual funds, it, you know. Things that are not mutual funds in a 401k or, or mutual funds in a SEP IRA, you know, it cannot be in an IRA or qualified plan and it can't be in um, an annuity, mm-hmm. but anything other than that. So what we have are a lot of people who might inherit, you know, a portfolio of stocks from their, their parents. Um, and even though they got a step up, maybe it was years ago, but they still don't want to spend it because they don't want to cash it out. They're getting great dividends. Yeah. And this allows them to go and diversify, right? Go and buy real estate, buy other things to, to grow their to grow their portfolios. So a lot of people don't realize dividends grow. So if you have a company like a Coca-Cola or something and it's paying it's paying an interest that you're being charged down the line of credit, give it 10 years, that yeah. dividend's likely to be twice as much. They grow just as fast as the stock grows. Yes. So let's just say it's 10% a year every seven years that dividends going to double now right. now you're making money on top now and yeah. you never had to sell it that's the whole thing you never had to sell it you mm-hmm. never lost control of the asset and it's a good yeah. asset protection technique too if i have a line of credit against my securities and somebody comes along and tries to to take them it's oh, sorry it's not much equity. how would they know how would they know that you have it you don't. I just like to think. <laughs> I'm like, uh, maybe an ex-spouse. Maybe you have to say like, oh, I have a portfolio, but it's got a line of credit, you know, it's got a mortgage against it. Anything that I'm missing here, because mind is thoroughly blown at how, like, it's a no brainer if you're a high net worth person. I do not know why yeah. people are doing this. Absolutely. It's a no brainer. If you're at a firm that doesn't offer them, then, you know, you, you might want to just switch, Right. And like I said, it takes it takes maybe a week or two for assets to transfer from another firm in. Wow. And 
But before you do that, we I can tell you based on your statement, based on what you have, what amount the line would be, you mm-hmm. know, based on the type of um, investments that you have. So, yeah, and once it once we sign the paperwork to transfer in, it takes I don't know one to two weeks, and then for the SBL to be approved, maybe one more week, maybe we could. I think the fastest we've done it is in a week and a half. Wow. So I'll put your information up here. If somebody's sitting in New York, can they still call you or obviously the time difference, but can they still call you or do you only do work out in uh, Hawaii? Yeah, no, we, we operate in all 50 states. See, easy peasy. So that's neat. I'll make sure your information's out there too. Dan, you're listening to this and you're an asset-based lender. And I'll just be like real straight up. The three of us, Nobody here is sitting here telling you to go get a regular mortgage. Nobody's sitting here saying, hey, go get a bunch of credit cards in your personal name because it screws up your FICO, right? Use things that don't report that if if you have debt, you're not sitting there. The rest of the world doesn't see it. It's not transparent. So here comes Dan, and he's also an asset-based lender, but you do private companies too. Like So we just talked about having a portfolio of publicly traded companies, mutual funds, bonds, things like that. Can you do what kind of Jill is doing, but on your own company as well? Yes, you can. And before I get started, I'd like to thank Jill. And like you, Toby, I've loved these security-based lines of credit for over a decade. It's just uh, an awesome way to tap into tap into your asset and get liquidity. So, uh, but yes, there's there is a way. This this may blow your mind too, Toby, for a non-revenueing business to obtain a business line of credit that does not show up on the business owner's personal credit. We're going to have to break that down. So you just said non-revenue producing business. Correct. A brand new business is a non-revenue producing business. So I just set up a company. It's not doing anything. Does it have to have assets or could it just be a company that's just sitting there? No, it just needs to be an entity with an EIN number. And as you know, Toby, most business lines of credit are based on business revenue. That's what Mm -hmm. traditional lenders use. But we have a service provider that can obtain 0% lines of credit in your business name that does not show up on your personal credit. It's based, the qualifications are this. They do look at your personal credit. Uh, You need to have at least a 700 plus FICO score on all three bureaus. Mm -hmm. The lower your credit utilization, the better. So Mm -hmm. the higher your credit score, the lower the credit utilization, the more money you can obtain Mm -hmm. in these lines of credit. So even startups are okay. The lines of credit we see are anywhere from $25,000 to $250,000. And that's per principal business owner, meaning if you have a partner or you're a married couple and you're both involved in your business, you both can get lines of credit from $25,000 to $250,000 just showing up on that um, business credit. Okay. So again, mine thoroughly blown, non-revenue producing company. Mm-hmm. It's basically using your credibility. So it's looking at the owner's credibility saying, we think you'll pay this back because you have decent credit. So we're going to we're going to roll the dice on you. Now, why would somebody do that, Dan? Like, wouldn't they just use the cash that they have? Maybe they just did what, what Jill's talking about and they pulled some money out of a line of credit and they funded their business and they're ready to get started. Why would somebody go through the trouble of setting this one up as well. Well, a lot of our real estate investors use this because even when you have a hard money lender using other people's money, mm-hmm. maybe they go up to 90% and you still need your down payment. You need to pay the interest payments for the term. 
you have closing costs, maybe some rehab. So you, you need some money to get, you know, to have skin in the game in real estate. And this is where we see a lot of these lines of credit going to as real estate investors, although can be used for any business. Wow. And, so it, it doesn't report to your personal credit. No, that and that's the most beautiful part, because when you get lines of credit in your personal name, whether it's, you know, traditional lines of credit or personal credit cards, when you utilize that credit line, it really tanks your your uh, FICO score. And in fact, it prevents you from getting even good rates from hard money lenders, the lower your FICO score. So we saw this in 2008, 9 and 10. I remember this where people would get behind on their mortgage. And it would cause them to lose their line of credit in their business mm-hmm. because there was no difference between the business and the individual. Is this a way around that to where if they have a business line that it's it's separate enough from the individual that if the business line isn't like, let's say you're utilizing the whole business line, it's not going to take your personal credit so you can't refi your house. That's correct. That's correct. And we've seen uh, uh, one of our clients here, Toby at Anderson. As of paying two hundred thirty nine thousand eight hundred dollars in these zero percent lines of credit, uh, last year I kept tabs of what the average Anderson client was getting through this mm-hmm. service provider, and it averaged at seventy four thousand in zero percent lines of credit, cash lines you can use, and fifty uh, percent of them got over a hundred thousand. And that was zero percent. It's with zero percent, so it's zero percent for up to. 24 months, nine to 24 months, because these credit lines come in the form of business credit cards. Okay. Business credit cards are unsecured. There's no collateral attached to it. Right. But you have to pay it off within that period of time, right? Like this isn't something I could sit and not pay back for 10 years. This is something I would have to pay back by that that uh, that year or two year. Yes, it's best used during the introductory period, but we we do have flippers that do this. And I can talk about engaging the company, but Mm -hmm. since this does not show up on your personal credit, if you were to get stuck with, say, $50,000 and you're in the middle of a flip and the rate's changing from 0% to 15, 18%, you can re-engage the company, Mm -hmm. get another set of 0% interest for 9 to 24 months because it's not showing up on your personal credit. So your credit should stay pristine. Then you transfer it over. Now you got another nine to 24 months. So we have flippers, real estate investors doing just that. All right. So, so that's pretty wild too. So if you need short-term capital, I used to do where I would buy a CD and use it, pledge it as security on a line of credit when I'd open up a company so I could establish the credit for the company. It's no different than them using my cash, except I wanted to establish the line so that it would, it would have some experience. So after two years, I didn't need to have security. That was kind of my MO would be to open something up, move to another one, open that one up, move to another one so that I could use money that wasn't requiring my signature on it anymore. You know what I mean? I didn't have to worry about my personal credit associated with the business. Usually, is it take about two years before they'll let you do that sort of thing? Yes. Yeah, it takes a couple of years. And now, a lot of people may be wondering, Dan, how do I buy a piece of property if I have four, five, six credit cards? You know, How does that work? Because mm-hmm. it's hard to imagine going to the closing table with a bunch of credit cards. But uh, this service provider will show you or introduce you to a third party that charges you a nominal fee, 3%. And so what happens? Say you need $80,000 cash to close on a property. And you have this 
$120,000 in lines of credit with various credit cards. This company would charge you $82,400. They'd keep $2,400 and send the $80,000 to the escrow company or the seller, whoever you are directing the, the funds to. And they, they'll do it by check, wire transfer, ACH, however they prefer to get paid. So th- this is using other people's money and just... It is. With historical, like we are still sitting in a situation where interest rates are still really, really low. There's been a lot of talk about mortgage rates rising, but we're still at historic lows. Like we're not at the lowest phase, which was last year, but we're still like 19, nine, or 2019 money is still ridiculously low. It sounds like there's lots of lenders out there that have their fingers into some pretty inexpensive money that are making a lot of these things available. What other types of assets will they loan on? Like I've always kind of laughed because yeah, I've always thought about people that invest in art and things like that, but you could actually lever your art if you needed to into cap cash too. Like don't, don't sell it. If you need the cash, I don't have to go sell my favorite painting. Could I use it as collateral and borrow against that too? Yes. I mean, there, we have access to luxury hard asset lenders and they use the asset as collateral for a loan. But these loans are usually uh, short-term, one year to three year. And the interest rates start around 12%. They start around 12%. They're higher amounts. Like it's going to be painful, but it's still better than dumping your 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 favorite possession or your favorite. Sure. sure. And they, they go up to $10 million. So obviously, if you get a million-dollar loan, you don't want to be paying 12 to 15%. But I can give you an example of where it does work. It was one of our clients, Toby, from about 10 years ago. Somebody called me up and they were looking for a $250,000 consolidation loan, pay off high debt. And the trouble is he just went through a terrible divorce, lost a lot of his assets. His FICO score was in the 400s. And as you know, even alternative finance lenders, uh, he had a business at Revenue, but they wouldn't touch him either because he's proven him, you know, pay anybody with a 400 FICO score. But what happened is I started talking to him like, what kind of business do you have? He said, well, I rent luxury rentals, Lamborghinis, uh, Porsches, Ferraris, Aston Martins to people. He was right here in Las Vegas to people that want to drive down the strip, drive around Southern Nevada. Mm-hmm. So, Hey, uh, are those assets leveraged? He said, most of them, most of my cars are, bank owned, but I do have a couple Ferraris that I own at 100%. And I said, let me call my lender. We were able to call him up. We didn't get him the full 250000 I remember. We got him like 195000 But what he did with that is he paid off the high interest, made a lot of credit cards, uh, and other debt. It drove his FICO score up. So then he was gonna, able to get a traditional business loan based on the assets. So uh, it worked out for him. So there is a, a way to utilize th- these, uh, even though it's high interest, this credit line to help you out. But think about it. Fine art. You have a Babe Ruth baseball card signed. You could use that as collateral. Uh, even a fine wine collection, Toby, which maybe our very own Clint Coons in Washington. Yeah. Could use. William at Clint, he could borrow against that. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, I mean, so it's a unique lending product, product, but what we do here at at the Anderson Funding Community when we do consultations is we don't leave any stone unturned. We look for all possible options for 
our clients on how they can fund, then we give them the options and let them decide. And it's just, again, it's, it's taking it away from the world of the traditional, what everybody's pushed into, which is personal credit, mm-hmm. getting a mortgage into my house, it gets reported. I get a credit card, it gets reported. Everything's about my FICA score. If I use the things that I've received, they punish me. Mm-hmm. It's this constant game. And you're just saying, I'm no longer going to play it. I'm going to go over here where they don't do that. And it's asset-based lenders who are actually looking at the things that I own. And instead of me having to sell things to come up with cash, I'm able to lever the assets I have to continue to acquire additional assets. And and it doesn't mean go into debt up to your eyeballs. It means instead of having to sell something, if you need money to live off of and your stock portfolio has grown 20% in the last two years, you can access that growth without actually having to sell the underlying security and incurring a a, a tax consequence. And that goes for the businesses, that goes for things like collectibles, that even goes for the things like cryptos and in other assets. But at the end of the day, the whole point is that you have options that you may not even be aware of as far as accessing capital, whether it be to send a child to school, whether it be to pay off a higher interest rate uh, obligation, like if you have personal credit cards, you're crazy not to go look to see if you have some lower cost cash that's available to you, even out of a business. If I get 0% and pay off something that's at 11, 12%, that's a tremendous return right there. Or if you're talking to to Jill and you access a large amount of money that eliminates all your personal credit cards and you have a portfolio and you are one of those people that inadvertently, just because you've always been told to do this, you have a few credit cards and you always carry a balance. You know, you got 20, 30,000, wipe it out and then pay that off at the 2% as opposed to the, whatever the credit card's charging. It just, it just makes too much sense. I, I'm always shocked that people... A, whenever I bring these things up, they tell me they don't exist. And it's just because they've never heard of it. They're, they're, it's out there. And you guys have been awesome sharing uh, sharing your experience. Anything else that you guys want to, to, to leave with? Because you guys just really opened up some eyes and hopefully some ears. Is there anything else you guys want to bring up that might be valuable to anybody listening? Well, for me, Toby, uh, I always instruct my clients to obtain these lines of credit when you can. You know, the best time to find financing is when you don't really need it. Need it yeah. I hate to say that, but, you know, and because something may happen in the future, you don't know. And you having a line of credit, you have it available. It's already approved and you have access to it immediately to take advantage of an opportunity or, you know, if something terrible happens, you already have it set up. What about you, Jill? You've been doing this a long time. I forgot to mention that on the variable rate line of credit, You can have a checkbook. You can um, just go online and send money to wherever you need to. So the access to your money is even easier. You don't even have to talk to me. You could be living off of that line of credit is what you're saying. You could. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Do you have clients doing that? Not yet. (laughs) They have the access to it. They just don't always need the money. (laughs) You don't have to do it. Yeah, I mean, I imagine that. Well, let's just be real. If somebody's dealing in talking to you, they probably have their stuff together, right? And they're doing all right. And they have investments. Yeah. And all of us investors are serial investors. We're really good about accumulating and we don't necessarily like leverage. That's just yeah. me. I'm not a big debt person. Yeah. And if I'm going to use it, I'm going to use it to acquire more assets. I'm probably not going to live off of using that's, it. Gonna that's the usual phone call, you know, yeah. down payments and, and cash buyouts. 
Yep. I want to get some more access to capital. Anything else, Jill? Cause like you live in that, that, that really cool world where you're probably seeing some pretty complicated transactions and if anything else where you're just like, wow, uh, people should know about this. No, I, I mean, it's just very different from a margin loan. So a lot of people might be con, um, familiar with a margin loan and it's, it's not the same. We use margin loans to make sure that your checks never bounce, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, it's just a little different. You can have, you can have both in separate accounts, but no, I would definitely do what Dan said and get the credit when you don't need it and just have it there. You never know when your granddaughter or son wants to buy a property, find something they need to have, and you can put in a cash mm-hmm. offer. Or that opportunity comes down where like all of a sudden that lot that's next to your house that you've been coveting all these years and all of a sudden goes up for sale and you need a cash offer. You just need to be able to go up there and say, I'll get it. Yes. You know, this is mine. You know, you don't need to go through and deal with all the headache of a a regular mortgage. I really appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, I didn't make you guys go through all your history. I'll do that outside of, uh, of this. I'll make sure that everybody knows exactly who you guys are but I really appreciate you coming in and sharing this information. It makes a huge difference. And I know that we have a large audience that listens. This is going to actually probably freak some people out. So I'll put both your guys' contact information up and we'll make sure that we drive them to you if if there's questions. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Thank you, Toby. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Show notes for links to everything mentioned in this episode can be found on our website at andersonadvisors.com slash podcast. Be sure you subscribe to our podcast. And if you are already a subscriber, please provide us a review of what you thought of this episode. 